Well, you know what I think. I'm a Christian. I'm not going to deny that. I do want everyone to feel comfortable. That's why I'd like to talk to you about Jesus. Please do not go religious. Somebody's going to hell over there. He better not. Even the devil will speak the truth for, for his own purposes. This is war. Accept it. Back to Jerusalem podcast. Yeah, I'm back and I'm armed with righteousness. With your host, Eugene Bach. He just seems like he's got it all figured out. He's a righteous dude. Yep. That is a, um, a parody on uh, a famous song that I want to be a millionaire. There's a group of guys that came together and say, I want to be a missionary. So fetching bad. There's a, there's a lot of people that are contacting uh, back to Jerusalem right now because they are moved by what is taking place inside of China. As they should be. I just spent um, a little bit of time yesterday with a pastor and his wife, an amazing couple who left their fellowship. Uh, they were stepping down anyway, so it's not like they just quit being a pastor and then came out to serve together with us. But they were, they, they were leaving a fellowship. They'd served their time um, in a church in Oklahoma. They are making a transition to Texas. And in that time period, the pastor contacted me and said, we just want to serve what God is doing in unreached areas of the world. And this podcast is going to I, – I want to address something that I think is, is really important. In fact, this might be one of the most important podcasts that I have done in a while. Now, if you've been listening to our podcast, you know that I don't – do our recordings in studios. In fact, I'm still sitting in my pajamas um, in a hotel in Thailand. I have arrived in Chiang Mai arranging for some meetings, and I've spent the last three hours of my morning researching and going over some hard, hard facts. And... I wish that I could polish this and make it special, make it a special podcast, but that would kind of be out of character for us. Uh, I, I usually don't use any kind of script, though I should. I don't uh, write down a lot of note cards, which I probably should. If I've attended any classes at all uh, on how to do a proper broadcast, I'm sure I would be able to do this a lot better, but just... Uh, Listen, hear me out. Give me just a few minutes of your time because what I'm about to share is is not an easy thing to share as a mission as a part of a mission organization. In fact, there's not a lot of mission organizations out there that's going to share the same information that um, I feel I've kind of been hit by. In the last few hours of my morning, which has prevented me from getting dressed and going out the door and doing some of the things that I need to do at meetings this morning. I, I picked up my recording device and I felt that this is something that we have to talk about. Because 
if there is a title for this podcast, I would say that we are in a crisis. The church, the Christian church, the world church is in a crisis. The crisis is surrounded around the question that I began to ask myself this morning. Is Christianity winning? And, and I don't know if that's the right way to ask it. So let me ask it in a different way. Are Christians making inroads into the unreached areas of the world? When I say, are, is Christianity winning? Of course, I'm not asking, you know, is Christ a loser? By following Christ, are we losing? But are Christians making any advances in the unreached areas of the world? Now, I come on here on a regular basis. I've been making podcasts. I've been talking about people coming to Christ by the thousands, by the millions inside of China. That's an unreached area of the world. I've been talking about people coming to Christ in Iran. That's an unreached area of the world. But are Christians, am I being completely honest? That's tough. That's tough because I believe that we are in a crisis. And, and the answer is, are Christians making inroads into the unreached areas of the world? The answer is yes and no. And to be honest, we have to look at both. I give you a lot of the yeses. I give you a lot of the victories. I give you a lot of the good information that is exciting about what Christians are able to do in the unreached areas of the world. But I, I feel that here's the problem. The problem is you as the listener, as, as, a, as a member in, in your church pew, you're not getting the real story. As Christians, it is our nature to rejoice over the good news. But, and I'm guilty of this as well, we are often silent on the bad news. Because I, I think that we feel sometimes that it represents a lack of faith. And in fact, we don't want to give you any bad news unless it leads to good news. You know, we want to we want to give you the David and Goliath story. The the giant walks in and we're crapping our pants because he's so stinking huge. But then this little man, this man of God who should have lost at just the, the mere thought of fighting Goliath was able to pick up a, a small little pebble. And with his slingshot, he slayed the giant. Those are the that's the only way you're going to get bad news from us that, you know, from from us as Christians that are sharing uh, in in uh, on a podcast uh, like this one, or, um, you know, I, I was just in the U.S. and Canada traveling around sharing about the things that are taking place. And I start off with good news and then I share some bad news and then I end it on the best good news that I can th possibly think about. But I don't think it's, it's, it's giving you the best picture. And, and you know, as missionaries, as those that are on the mission field, we want to be popular. You know, we, we, we want to show that, that the things that we're doing are successful. We don't want to be losers. Who wants to be a loser? 
Nobody wants to own the Samsung Note 7. <laughs> we, we, we want to tell you as the Christian that is donating towards our organization or towards our mission or our mission's effort, or if I'm a church leader that's trying to convince you to, to donate towards our mission efforts, I don't want to tell you that you're investing in a Samsung Note 7. I, I don't want to tell you that you are, because we, we generally look at it as if we are consumers, Right? That we, we as Christians that are giving money to an organization, we want to know that our money is making a difference. And we want to get a good value for our dollar because we worked hard for that money. And we want that money to be used in a good place. We don't, we don't want it to go towards something that is not good, that is not doing the, having the maximum impact. So as a missionary, as a mission organization, as a church with a mission organ, we don't want to stand in front of our supporters or potential givers and say that we haven't seen one convert. We haven't, we haven't, we've been working, we've been slaving away, we've been, we've been sweating and nobody is coming to Christ. I'm doing this during the middle of an an election season where we're right at kind of the top edge of the the wave. Um, it's at the end of October that I'm doing this podcast, and and right now every candidate wants to point their opponent as just being a failure. So they point out all the bad stuff, and then when they talk about themselves, they only talk about the good stuff. And somehow the truth is somehow in between. And we lose that on each candidate. So I, I don't feel like you're getting the real story if you're only listening to one candidate. <clears throat> and as Christians, we kind of sit around in this circle of, of good news or our news or our version of the news and we don't really listen to the voices that are outside of those circles. And because of that, we're not getting the real story. I'm, I'm kind of reminded of Baghdad Bob or uh, uh, Comical Ali. If you remember Iraq's Comical Ali, he was, he was the, the main person who was appointed as the spokesperson for Saddam Hussein in 2003 when America was invading uh, Iraq. Do you, re do you remember <laughs> That at all? I let me. I just want to play a clip of uh, the, this uh, comical Ali because he did a news conference. I can remember this when America was going into Iraq, and he was basically like he was saying, "We're we're slaying them on the right. We're slaying them on the left. Everywhere we find them, we're killing the American soldiers. They are dying like the pigs that they are." And, and, and while he's doing an interview, there's literally an American tank driving behind him at the Baghdad airport. And he's like, there's no Americans here. If we found Americans here, we would slaughter. It was it, his, his desire to share only good news and, and not only good news, but he was changing the facts in order to give only good news. And that the danger in that is, is that 
the Iraqi army or the, 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 the intelligence of the Iraqi army or the leaders of the Iraqi army or the leaders of Iraq period cannot make a good judgment when they're only getting one side of information, the good news and not the bad news. So this is, uh, this is Kamakul Ali. Them, we are chasing them, they retreat to the back. We stop pounding them, they send some of their units. So it's just like that. But still, the situation, we are deciding it's under our control. Yes, please. What is the message that you want to send to them? Well, the, it's the same message. We will defeat them, we will fight them, till we, we clean our country from their dirt. Thank you very much. So this is this is Kamakul Ali making making his statements uh, in 2003, literally with the U.S. in his country, um, only a few miles from where he's doing these news conferences, and I'm reminded of this when I think about Christians that are sharing about the mission field. Oh, I feel like we are sharing. News that is based more on faith than on fact. And I'm not saying that we have to be Debbie Downers. But because we're not sharing facts, there's a lot of things that are taking place in the Christian world that maybe might be changed a bit if we knew the real situation. If... if if we want to do more, then we as Christians have to be ready for the hardness of the truth. And I hate using this term because I, I know what kind of images it, it conjures up for a lot of people today. Uh, but it's an inconvenient truth, if, if I can use that. In order to make assessments, we have to hear the good as well as the bad in our churches. I feel that we have a mentality that gravitates towards the, mes the, the, the message of peace and love and mercy and grace. And we forget about the hell and the brimstone and the pain and the gnashing of teeth. We, we have to tell the story of both heaven and hell. We, we have to tell the story of, of those that decide to follow after Christ and those that decide not to follow after Christ because people are not getting the full report. When I look at countries around the world that are sending out missionaries to the most unreached areas of the world today, do you know what country is sending the most Christian missionaries per capita, per capita. So not the most. The most Christian missionaries are still being sent by the United States by by far. The the next is Brazil. It's a it's it's a huge gap between the two. So America is sending out the most missionaries, but not that's not per capita when it comes to Christian believers. They're actually quite far down the list. According to the most recent reports. Now, you need to hold on to your breastuses for this one. According to the most recent reports, the country 
per capita that is sending the most Christian missionaries is Palestine. What? I, I mean, Pal- that didn't even pop up on my radar. The, the, the countries with the most vibrant Christian population are uh, uh, are not sending out the most missionaries. The most missionaries are coming from Palestine, which is generally considered a Muslim, if it was a nation, a Muslim nation. Palestine is then followed by Ireland, Malta, and Samoa. On when when we look at per capita, interestingly, number five is South Korea. With 1,014 missionaries sent per 1 million church believers. This is a sign of its growing missions focus in South Korea. And I I believe China will soon be coming up the ranks along with South Korea because we are seeing this happen. But number 9 is the United States falling far behind South Korea. So South Korea is sending uh, 1,014 missionaries per million believers and and United States is sending 614 missionaries for every 1 million believers. But this is a little deceptive because many of the missionaries that are leaving from the United States, a part of this 1 million believers, are short-term missionaries, not long-term missionaries. So they're not going out on missions in the traditional sense. Meanwhile, most missionaries that are being sent out by Christian nations, the top nine countries that are receiving those missionaries, so the top nine destinations for missionaries from all nations around the world that are sending out missionaries, Christian missionaries, the top nine countries receiving um, those missionaries are Christian and the top nine received more than one-third of... So, one out of every three missionaries that are being sent out from, from, from Christian churches today are being sent to Christian nations. This is a huge problem. The country that's sending the most Christian missionaries is Palestine. Now, Now, get this. Hold on to your breastuses for this one. Because the country that is receiving the most missionaries, so the country that's sending the most missionaries per capita is Palestine. Leaving from a Muslim stronghold and being sent out. Countries receiving the most missionaries from all Christian nations around the world with 32,400 missionaries. 32,400 missionaries went to one country to preach the gospel coming from other nations. Do you know what country that was? What country could possibly receive 32,400 missionaries and not be impacted? The country that received the most missionaries from other nations around the world is America. The United States of America received 32,400 missionaries that were sent to America from other nations. So the countries that are receiving the most missionaries are overwhelmingly Christian. We're just, it's like a wife swap here. It's like sending 
missionaries from one church to another church, from one Christian nation to another Christian nation. And I'm not saying that this is not a good thing, but where is our focus? Outside of America, the countries receiving the most missionaries per million people that are being sent out are overwhelmingly Oceania and Caribbean nations that have a majority of Christian populations. It hurts It hurts to even say it. I'm losing my voice. Um, but it hurts to even say it. Only 13,000... 315 missionaries were sent to the unreached nations of the world. That's total. Total. 13,000. That means that more than twice the number of missionaries that were sent to America. More than twice the number of missionaries that were sent to unreached nations of the world were sent to America. Only 13,315 missionaries were sent to the unreached nations of the world. That's and less than that. I'm going to say probably out. So if it says it, this this is according to the uh traveling group, uh their most recent numbers. If 13,315 missionaries were sent to unreached nations, that's all unreached nations. That means that only a fraction of that was actually sent to the 1040 window. So that means two-thirds of the world's population is receiving about 10,000 missionaries. 10,000 missionaries. Oh, that, that, that hurts. You know, think about that for a minute. Think, uh, there are 5,626 unreached people groups in the 1040 window. 5,626 unreached people groups. Uh, most of these unreached people groups don't even have a single living missionary among them. According to the most recent information, there are 1.7 uh, billion Muslims in the world. With only 4,200 missionaries focused on reaching those Muslims. That's not just the 1040 window, by the way. So, of all Muslims in the world, that means that there's one missionary sent for roughly every 400 to 500,000 Muslims. Those odds are not good. That, that's, that's not a David and Goliath story. That is a David... And the world. I don't even know if there was half a million people on the planet during the days of David. So David facing Goliath is not the story here. One for every half a million. One missionary sent to Muslims for every half a million Muslims. Uh, when we look at. Um, then that the, the, there are twice as many missionaries serving in America than there are in unre and that's just one nation. America is just one nation. So there's more than twice the number of missionaries serving in one nation than all of the unreached nations put together more than, more than twice. 
So if you added up all of the unreached nations, the missionaries that are serving in the unreached nations, if you added them all up together and multiplied by two, that still would not be as many missionaries who have been sent to America. By contrast, the 10 countries with the most non-Christians, this is from a 2010 study, where they were the home of 73% of all non-Christians globally, which means that they make up almost three-fourths, more than two-thirds. They make the top 10 countries, unreached nations on the earth. So the top 10 unreached countries on earth made up almost three-quarters of the non-believers globally but received less than 9% of all international missionaries. So the lion's share of, of missionaries are in China, India, and Nigeria, where large numbers of, of home missionaries are working among non-believers. So China, India, and Nigeria are the areas that are receiving the largest number of missionaries among the unreached nations of the world. Is it any stinking coincidence here? That we have the most missionaries that are going into China that are preaching the good news of Jesus Christ and are seeing revival and missionaries leaving out of China going into other nations. Is is there any reciprocating value here? And I'm going to tell you what others might not want to tell you. And this is kind of the crux of of the podcast that I want to do here. Western Christians have become lazy, self centered. And in the West, Islam is winning. They are winning converts. They are killing Christians, which uh, by numerical value brings down the number of Christians, obviously. So they are winning converts. They are killing Christians. And they are forcing conversions. And as a result, Islam is making more inroads than Christianity. We have become, the the church in the West has become the Jews of the Old Testament that's turned to the other gods. It's, it's, if, if we read the Old Testament and are able to learn anything from it, we will see that we are turning to the old gods. We talk about yoga and spiritual aura. We, 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 we have, are messages of positive thinking and we're being grafted into the vine of secular Christianity that is cohesive with the secular world, with the agnostic world, with the with with the atheist world, with the with the God hating world. You know I have two different Facebook pages, one in which I do for the Eugene Bach and one I do for personal. And on the personal page, I'm a bit of a political loudmouth. And there have been these events that have taken place where Christians have been persecuted in America. Um, Christians that do not want to participate in ceremonies that they believe to be against the teachings of the Bible. I mean, it doesn't mean that they don't love them. It just means that they do not want to participate in these ceremonies that go against their belief. So there's this this huge uproar of bakeries, uh, or I'm sorry, a huge uproar that took place over a bakery 
in Indiana where um, you have this this baker, right, that that makes um, uh, special cakes. So these aren't just cakes that you just buy off the shelf. This is not just, you know, walking into a grocery store and buying cakes off of a shelf. That, that's a completely different scenario. We're talking about individuals that make custom designs for their customers. So you have this baker who makes custom designs for their customer. Now, this is very important for you to know because the custom designs, um, just like you know, whenever I go to get someone to do a custom design for me when it comes to our organization, Back to Jerusalem, we have to share information about who we are, what our goals are, what what our our main efforts are, what our background is, so that the person that is doing a design for us, maybe they're doing a logo, maybe they're designing a t-shirt, maybe they're doing a, a, a type of um, um, a music intro for us. They have to know who we are so they can understand our DNA so that they can try to express it artistically. And that's what uh, this baker is. This, the baker in Indiana, they consider themselves to be an ar- artist. And this, the, the, in order to to be able to best express um, uh, the the art, the artistic design for their customer, they they have to know their customer. They have to embody their customer. They ha- then then they express it through their art. And so, if you want to buy a cake off the shelf, a ready-made cake, then no problem. You just you walk into that baker shop. They will sell. It doesn't matter if you're. Uh, what if you're Muslim, if you're Jew, if you're Hindu, it doesn't matter. You walk in and you grab a cake and you buy it. No problem. But a gay couple who's having a special ceremony wanted a ceremony to be um, uh, centered with this cake. And I don't even really know if this is real. I think that they were just they were persecuting the Christians. I think they sought them out specifically. But they wanted them to make a cake for them. And the, the cake designer said, uh, you know, you can buy the cake. You can you can you know decorate it yourself and and write you know with the with the groom and the groom on the top of the cake. But I'm not able to do that because that is a special service in which I have to participate, and I can't participate. I if you would like to buy a cake for me, if you would like to buy the ingredients, have at it. You do as you wish. Then it's on you. But I cannot get. And the, the direct quote from the baker was, "I could I cannot." do from inspiration that which I'm against. I'm not for gay marriage. Uh, the same came from a, a barn owner who hosts um, weddings at their barn. They have to serve in the ceremony. They said, no, we cannot serve in the ceremony because it goes against our beliefs. When I wrote about this on my personal Facebook page, the number one attack I received was from other Christians who were saying that, you know, we need to love and what would Jesus do? And of course, Jesus would would decorate the cake. Jesus would serve at the gay weddings, which I don't believe. And those that are also of the same thinking of me when we interpret the Bible, not having it interpreted for us by the world, we we come to the same conclusions that, no, this is an act specifically written out in the Bible as something that we cannot 
participate in. I, I cannot be a part of it. Can I, I have family members um, that are a homosexual. Do I love them? Absolutely. Do I, do I converse with them? Do I, uh, do I hang out with them? Absolutely. But can I participate as an ordained minister? I'm an ordained minister. As an ordained minister, could I perform the ceremony for them? No. The answer is no, I could not. And there are many Christians that have been grafted into the vine of the secular world. They've become a secular church that has views that are more acceptable by the world. They don't want to be um, ostracized from the world. And it has created this lazy, egocentric, self-centered Christianity that does not focus on sacrifice at all. Instead, it focuses on compromise. And according to the latest Pew Research, Islam, not Christianity, and I believe that this is a result of the lazy church. Islam is the fastest growing religion in the world and is in fact outpacing the world population at a rate of two to one. There's, there's there, the, the number of people that are becoming Muslim compared to those that are being born into the world is two to one. And by the end of this century... Islam will have more believers than Christianity. Now, that is cold, hard facts. I, I mean, I, I can tell you about how the Christianity is booming in China. It's booming in Iran. It's booming in, 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 in South Korea. It's booming in India. But maybe not by the numbers that many of us are reporting. You see, I think somebody will fly from Europe to India or Africa and report about how many people came forward and got saved. They will report about how many people took a card and filled it out that they have made a decision for Jesus Christ. But if all of those cards were true, if all of those individuals became true disciples of Jesus Christ, true followers of the one true God, then India, Africa, and nations like this, they would have been reached a hundred times over. According to the traveling team, many of the reports that are coming out of Christian organizations are inflated. Uh, here is a here is an interesting uh, look at it. This is um, uh, an individual by the name of uh, Richard Bulliet. Um, he is an individual that is promoting the the rise of Islam and talking about the benefits of the rise of Islam. And he also talks about the dangers and the problems of missionaries in the Muslim world. Uh, he is responding in this instance about um, uh, American soldiers who are being told how to reach out to their Muslim 
counterparts and, and, and share about Jesus and even hand Bibles to them. So his answer, he's at a news conference so, and he's answering uh, a question at a news conference. I think what he has to say is, is very interesting. When you go back to the history of missionary activity, which is now uh, subject to an enormous amount of scholarly investigation, uh, one of the things that's apparent is that the success of Christian, particularly American Christian missionaries in converting Muslims uh, is almost zero. Um, over now, that blows my mind. I mean, he's, he's looking at it from a, a very non-emotional uh, uh, place. He, he's, he's looking at it from a very rational perspective and, and the evaluation of the end results. And I've never really heard that before. Like the, the, the impact of the missionaries in the Middle East, in the Muslim nations, their, their impact was virtually zero. Does that deflate your ego a bit? It should. Now, whether this is entirely accurate, I think is a subject of, of something that we can actually look at later and even debate back and forth. What was the impact if it was greater than zero? However, uh, he's not far off. Even if there was an impact on the, on, the, on the large scale of things, the impact has been minimal. He continues on. Yeah, they started trying in the 1830s and up to World War II um, had almost zero success. Uh, so what happens is that the missionaries believe they're on the cusp of success. And they think distributing the Bible will you know, have some sort of miraculous uh, effect. And it doesn't. It's extremely irritating to Muslim governments uh, to have these people doing this, but it's not um, the degree to which it represents an American outlook is, uh, is not that apparent. Um, back in... Um, so he... he He's, he's sharing that, and basically what he's sharing is, is not wrong. What he's sharing is, is not wrong. Now, of course, his focus is to stop sending missionaries to the Muslim world. You're only making matters worse. You're only aggravating the situation. You're only agitating the leaders. <laughs> Gee, you think? <laughs> of course you're agitating the leaders. They're Muslims. They don't want, they, they want to outlaw um, Christianity. They want to outlaw Christian thought and discussion. They want to outlaw the Bible. They want to dominate conversation. They want to outlaw scrutiny of Islam. They, they want to outlaw criticism of Islamic history. Do you think they're going to be a bit agitated at Christian missionaries coming into their own backyard? Absolutely. Now, I, I, I don't want to only share only bad news because the truth is, is that uh, there, are, there is good news as well that is, that is taking place. There are Christians that are making inroads, but the Muslims are learning from the inroads that the Christians are making. And they are warning their people 
to be on guard. This is a Muslim cleric um, calling to a stop of the Christian missionary onslaught in his area. Don't start finding, looking for excuses, passing the bucket to Al-Azhar. They have their faults. They have their shortcomings. Everybody seems to have some shortcomings. Me too, I have my shortcomings. But I want you to all get involved. And for that, get my books, these booklets of mine, to arm yourself against this Christian onslaught. Right throughout the world, they're stealing our children. They are boasting today that they have perverted more Pakistanis into Christianity since independence in the previous hundred years of British rule. They have perverted one million Bangladeshis, more than what they ever did in the previous hundred years. They have done it since independence. They have perverted 15 million Indonesians into Christianity. And by the turn of the century, they are promising that they'll make Indonesia a Christian nation. Every sign shows that they will succeed. Now, I want to arm my brothers how to defend yourself against this Christian onslaught. There are so this is this this is key. If we as Christians want to have an impact, then I think that we have to listen to what the Muslims are telling us. We have to listen to our missionaries that are on the field. And if your church supports missionaries, if you Support and you pray for a specific missionary that is on your heart. Let them share the good news. Let them share the glowing reports. Let them share about the things that they consider to be victories. But then also ask, what are some of the challenges that you are facing? And we're not talking about the shortness of funding, the shortness of people, the, 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 but share with us those moments when you feel deflated, defeated, when you feel like you want to come home, you don't want to do this anymore. You don't even know if your life even matters being in the, the these Muslim nations. Because there's, there's a couple of, of things that I want you to take away from this podcast. Number one, the Western church has fallen asleep. We see that with the lack of number of missionaries that are being sent out from the West. Number two, when we do send out missionaries, we're not focusing on the most needy area. And I've given this um, picture before. But if you see someone carrying a log, and the log is a heavy one, let's say that it weighs about 300 pounds, and you have five people on one end and one person by himself on the other, if you want to help carry that log, which end do you go to? If you want to look like you're helping, I know which end you will go to. You know, I was I was in the Marine Corps. We had to carry logs up mountains sometimes for competitions. Uh, there there was one competition where we we had to carry a log up what we call uh, the 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 Reaper, just right behind Camp Horno. Uh, we we went up that Reaper so many times that we went up that mountain so many times. I mean, it was um, 
it was it was a killer for us. But we were always going up that mountain, and there were times where we where we would have these drills where we would carry logs up the mountain. And I can remember carrying the log. And if we had Marines that were tired, they were gassed, they were exhausted, they, they couldn't move on, but they had to pretend that they were still in the game, they would go to the lightest end of the log. But for those that really wanted to get the log up the mountain, they would tackle the area of the log that needed the most help. Now, again, if you see somebody carrying a heavy log and five people are on one end and one person is off by his lonesome on the other, which end do you go to? So the first challenge is we're not sending out enough people to the unreached areas of the world. That's all of our responsibilities. Number two, we're not sending those that we do send, we're not sending them to the most needy locations. And number three, maybe the hardest one to, to admit, we're not being honest with our successes and our failures. We, we, we evaluate our successes in faith. We often speak evangelistically about numbers, meaning that we inflate numbers. We talk, um, we, 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 we've throw out numbers that may not be completely correct but might make people more excited. And then we almost remain silent or ignore the bad news. What I love, what I love about the Bible is that it shares the the of all the heroes of every single hero in the Bible outside of Christ himself. Every single hero of the Bible, you are seeing you you are you see the good and the bad. You see the the way that God used them as well as their failures, and not all of them end with a good story. Not all of them end on a good note. So it's not like the Bible just tells you bad stuff so that it can glorify in the victories at the end. It's very honest about. One of the disciples who chose to lose, that chose to leave everything for Jesus Christ, and then betrayed him, and then committed suicide. It was very honest about the be the the stoning of Steve. You know, you're looking for the 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 good news at the end of that story, but it's not always ready apparent. It it makes it's very honest about the the latter part of Solomon's life of how he tr- he starts to follow after the gods and goddesses of his foreign wives. It's very honest about how a young girl was brought to the bedside of David to see if he was even still alive or not. That the best way to get a response from him was to bring a beautiful young girl to his bedside. It's very honest about Moses not being allowed into the promised land because of his issues. The Bible shares the the good and the bad. And somehow as followers of God, Jehovah, 
Jesus as fall as readers of God's word. We haven't learned those lessons of the benefit of being open and real and honest with the data that we have to share the data. And of course, we have to be able to absorb as Christians, we have to be able to absorb the bad news and still encourage the missionaries and the mission organizations and the mission arms of the churches. Instead, what we have is an exact opposite. We have the missionaries that are trying to encourage the churches. Don't give up on us. Don't give up on the vision. Don't give up on the Great Commission. Please stand with us. Look, we're doing good. Look, we are a good investment for your funding. Look, we are a good investment for your time. Look, we are a good investment for your prayers. Don't give up on us. It should be the exact opposite. It should be the the people of the church, the leadership, the pew dwellers. They, They should be the ones that are telling the missionaries, Don't give up. Keep going. We're here for you. We're praying for you. We're supporting you. We will not leave your side. Do not give up. Christ will not leave your side. (coughs) Don't give up. This is not an easy thing for us to grasp, but as a church... That is sending out missionaries. We have to be able to absorb the bad news and continue to encourage the missionaries. We have to also be willing to allow the missionaries to share real data. Meaning that you might have put a million dollars into a project and not seen even one single convert. Which is our situation right now in Iraq. I wish... That we could tell you that in the ISIS areas, we are seeing converts and there might be, we pray that there, there are, we believe that there are, but you want to know our data is zilch right now. We have the largest Western, uh, China focus we've ever done. We're, we've we're targeting the 15 most unreached cities of all of China, 15 of them are all in Western China. We are doing our, our, our main focus and we have an organization said we want to come on. We're willing to support this effort. We believe in it. How are you going to measure the success? Can you tell us before we invest how you will measure whether this was a successful venture or not? I'm really struggling. What do I say? What do I tell them? What is our measuring device? If, if I say that we, we will, we, if, if we get one new convert, that will be a success for us. I know how they'll feel. They'll feel like, wow, that's a waste of time. And I will feel like a loser for saying so. But that is because we, and, 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 I, and I know that we have to be aware of numbers and we have to be aware of, of doing the research and, and, and impact uh, research at the end of, of a project of this nature. 
and I, and I, and I'm aware of the accountability that ministries ought to have and want to have when it comes to um, um, being responsible for the use of funds on the mission field. But to be honest, are we being are are we are we being responsible anyway? I mean, with with so few people and so few resources going to the mission field that is in the most unreached areas of the world anyway, are we being responsible? Give me a break. We're not being responsible. Please get off of the well, we we want to evaluate the numbers and the research. Please. Of course, each individual and, and, and missionary group is is different. I'm talk. I'm I'm painting with a very wide brush here. I, I'm I'm taking very broad strokes, um, and and I'm not going against. You know, I participate in these oversight committees that make sure that mission funding is being used in in an appropriate manner. But give me a break. You want to know what measuring device will be used at the end of the day? What measuring device is being used when evaluating where missionaries go uh, to serve in areas that they're the most needed? If you're, Wouldn't you say that areas that have never heard about Jesus Christ are pretty darn needy of hearing about Jesus Christ? Wouldn't you say that those areas need to hear more than areas that have already heard, even if they haven't accepted, even if they've rejected, but they've at least heard. So you have the majority of missionaries that are leaving out from Christian churches, going to Christian nations instead of nations that have never, ever even heard of Jesus one time. God, forgive us. God, have mercy on us. God, forgive us with our pride and the way that we we make excuses for not sacrificing in the areas that you told us to go. Dear Heavenly Father, forgive us for being lazy and self-centered, more concerned with our own Wealth, our own welfare, our own well-being than with those that you died for. Forgive us for having the desire of wanting to be loved by others. So we lie about the real impact, or at least we don't tell the whole story. Forgive us, Father. Forgive us. May we find mercy in the way that we have squandered your resources. In the way that you've called us to the poorest areas of the world, but instead we're using the very gold that you've put into our hands, the the very pearls that you've invested into our lives. We've instead traded those for more benefits for adoration of others. We've traded those for more comfort. We've traded those those resources that you've given us for the envy of man. Oh God, have mercy upon us. Have mercy upon our generation. 
May we follow after you wherever that might lead. Help us to not lean on our own understanding, but to follow after you. Forgive me. I, I say forgive me to the audience for, you know, going into prayer. I just, I, I felt emotional at that moment and, and I couldn't, I, I, I don't think I've ever prayed on a podcast before. I could be wrong, but I just, I went into prayer there for a moment. I really don't even want to leave. I'm going to have to end this podcast so I can go into prayer because this is such a heavy, dark part of who we are as a Western church. And if we look into the mirror today, I think that we will find some very ugly spots that need our focus. We have a cancer that is eating away at us and is not allowing us to carry out. Come on, Palestine is taking the responsibility of sharing the God's word in the most unreached areas of the world and the wealthy countries are not. Come on. What? God, forgive us. Oh, Lord, forgive us. This has been a Back to Jerusalem podcast. I'm Eugene Pock. God bless you.